1: make
0: the world a better place. What I'm as mad as hell, and
2: I'm not going to take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or
3: you live long well, enough to see yourself become a villain. I'm as
0: mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole
1: thing is insane! 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at a stake. What do all men of power want? War power.
0: This is now the United States of Land. This whole thing is insane Man is even Capable of nothing but destruction Everybody is stuck With the things that they're not proud of
1: War power. Welcome to the desert of the real War power.
0: There can be only one
1: Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? That's such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher,
3: as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of
2: is
1: me.
3: Happy Heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it just is It just is Even in a world of nipples for men And where Doctor Who is ruined And they cancel the OA at the end of Season 2 Welcome to the audio version of Aeon Byte Live Episode 28 Raw uncensored, and, and unfiltered Just like the truth you've been looking for Across all your existences Supercharged by stellar audience participation. On this episode, we were joined by Travis Edwards, a transpersonal therapist and excellent writer whose work has appeared in such publications as New Dawn and Living Now. And he has a lot more qualifications you will see. He joined us to discuss the Gnosticism of Gurdjieff and several other topics. A brilliant mind who shared a lot of brilliant ideas. We had some major tech issues in our first time. And in this redo, there are some more tech archons. But all in all, it was an excellent discussion such as the minefield world of podcasting and the kingdom of Samael. As a bonus for patrons and AB Prime members, I'll include an old interview on Gurdjieff, a group discussion between Andrew Phillips Smith and Anthony Peake. Thanks for those of you who support on a weekly basis. Please continue to help me grow this red pill cafeteria. We need Gnosis more than ever. And we've only just begun reaching those who need to wake up. Stop being the robots Gurdjieff talked about. You won't find this high quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or guests and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. But enough of my short drivel led us to the interview with travis edwards
1: we're live we're live we're live yeah. at five uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh somewhere in hawaii or something we're at five <laughs> <laughs> there you go somewhere in the world it's five
3: there you go, awesome. Why am I getting a commercial? I don't know. Well, as always, happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. This is Aeon Bite Live from, yeah, I already forgot where I was. Yes, I'm, of course, in Chicago. And our guest today is Travis Edwards, live from Australia. Thanks for joining us, Travis.
2: Thanks for having me, Miguel. Glad
3: to be here. Uh, pleasure to have you. And of course, we've got live from California, we've got the Moondog Vance. How's it going, Vance?
1: Um pretty uh pretty copacetic today. Mm-hmm. Just saw the Joker, so I'm sufficiently rattled and excited and so forth.
3: There you go. Well, I'm sure people will joining, are as always, will be filling into the chat. I should repeat myself in a few things. But as always, this is episode 28. If you have questions, uh, hello, Jasmine. Hola, como estas? If you have questions, please put them in caps for Vance and I, or I, and we will certainly get to you. Um, the topic, of course, is Gurdjieff, the Gnosticism of Gurdjieff, and I think Travis will make the best case tonight. As always, this will be in audio format. will be released on iTunes, Patreon, well, Patreon... No, it will be releasing all the podcasters live, but uh, AB Live members and patrons will get the full dope, as I say, plus a bonus. And I think you'll enjoy the bonus, too, because it will be about Gurdjieff with some very cool guests from a past show. Other than that, thanks for being here. And as always, please support this podcast. 2019 was the best year for Aeon Byte. I think uh, Vance and I brought you some excellent guests, some uh, powerful topics for the millennium, for 2020, and for eternity. Um, 2019, this year has been a little bit slow, so please support and always support any independent podcasters in this Philip K. Dick world in these strange, strange times. So... Obviously, I'll repeat myself because, as always, the chat will get will continue to grow as the show goes on. So we should start before we get to Gurjev. We shall t- start a little with you, Travis. Um, we know for a fact that you're not a computer technician. <laughs> so uh, that's been Vance and I figured that out for the <laughs> Aborted Show. But maybe tell us a, a bit about your who are you and your journey into the esoteric realms.
2: Yeah, I'm very old school, Miguel, so I'm, I'm not great with tech. But, uh, man, I guess it started when, um, you know, about when I was 27, I started asking bigger questions like a lot of people do and um, was unsure what I was doing in the mechanical sense of the word, as, as Gurdjieff would um, would use that word. I felt very mechanical and very asleep, so I was working, you know, a nine-to-five job and uh, was very dissatisfied, so I, I I took a cue from a friend and, and, and went overseas and did some traveling and just started reading. Uh oh! We a lot of uh, Gurdjieff and Steiner, all these kind of people. Uh, you know, the 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 occult or the esoteric people. Uh, a lot of Eastern stuff from yoga, obviously. Uh, obviously, Gurje've had a, a big interest in the East as well. Um, and, and from there, you know, just sort of read, read a lot. But Gurdjieff's always been there for a long time. He's just one guy I haven't been able to, to put down. Uh, started yoga and I still do that. But, uh, you know, the Gurdjieff work and the Gurdjieff psychology is, is what really got me in. And I think that's really helped.
3: Awesome. Yeah, better talk. Take myself off mute. I think the, the, the audience says that the mic is too low, so maybe, Travis, if you could speak up a little bit. That's what they're saying in the chat room. So when you speak, uh, just uh, scream like I am. Is that, how does he sound to you, Vince? Sounds fine to me.
1: He's low, but... Oh, that's better.
3: Yeah, that's that better, okay? yeah. All
1: right, I'll just yes, have to hold better.
3: Yeah, guys, let us know hold in the it. chat how his volume is. Yeah. And there's a few lag. Again, if it continues, just uh, we'll have you turn off your, your mic so it takes less, uh, less drain on the Wi-Fi. And um, we'll get through with this guy. We will not let Mercury take us down or the Archons or Waitico, or whoever's <laughs> out there, or Jeff Bezos. I don't know who's out there, but we, won't, we shall persevere. So I guess Ar-
2: we should... Ar- Ar- there
3: you go. Ariman Ar- Steiner, yes, technology. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess we should probably get to the um, to the main event. We should just get right to it. Um Gurdjieff obviously influenced by Gnosticism, as I've heard uh, his interaction with the Yazidi, the famous story where he's looking at some kids. There's a Yazidi kid, and yeah. there's a Yazidi kid that and they draw a circle around him because in that religion you can't leave the circle, and he became fascinated yeah. with this group. Is that how uh, what influenced mm. Gurdjieff? Oh, tell us what influenced Gurdjieff and just what is his Gnosticism?
2: Well, actually, um... What what sort of uh, solidified it for me was a book I bought um, second-hand by a, a woman called Margaret Anderson, and that that solidified it in writing because I, I jumped out of my skin because I thought I knew it, you know, in in all the in all, in all the quotes that Ospensky's uh, you know relaying of Gurdjieff about the the forces unknown occult forces that we need to know that are affecting us, and. Um, in Hermeticism, that's called uh, hamam, Hamamain, if I'm um, saying it right. You know, it's the, the occult forces that work through the body and the mind. Um, and Gurdjieff alludes to that a lot. And in my own life, I've experienced it a hell of a lot. But um, Margaret Anderson was one of the women uh, who worked in
0: a group of women who Gurdjieff called Ladies of the Road. It's
2: very agnostic of Gurdjieff. Hmm. And uh, Margaret Anderson is the only one who I've, I've read the book and she's explicitly speaking to someone. It doesn't say who, but she she's saying, she's verifying that Gurdjieff's work goes back to the Gnostics and the initiates of Egypt. Um, and I was over the moon when I read that because it just solidified a lot of things, um, confirmed a lot of things. So the Yazidis and all that for sure, but also um, with his father in um, uh, his book on um, meetings with remarkable men, you know, he talks about his father. His father was a big influence. His father knew a lot. And this is where Gurdjieff um, was introduced to the, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which uh, Gurdjieff says uh, explicitly that that was, in his terms, the spiritualizing factor for him for the rest of his life and if you read um, the very difficult Beelzebub's tales which is very interesting um that that's a complete gnostic mythos you know Beelzebub it's it, not a lot of people have uh, really you know, if you look him up he's you know one of these seven devils you know and uh, quite a mischief angel um my understanding, Gurdjieff being so influenced by the Sumerian tradition, and especially the epic of Gilgamesh, as he says in Gurdjieff uh, language, spiritualizing factor for him, he, that really got him searching. And I, through other research, I feel that his chosen Beelzebub is, is actually kind of a, another rendition of Enki. Enki, you know, the creator uh, in the Sumerian of of, of the mankind is coming through in incarnations, you know. So we speak of humans having incarnations, but, you know, these gods and entities can too, but it's out of our comprehension. But, uh, you know, Enki can be seen as an aspect of coming through as Sophia later on for the Gnostics. Uh, You know, that... that it takes a lot of uh, research, but you can read Beelzebub's tales. Absolutely, it's a Gnostic mythos. It's amazing. One of the one of the biggest insights in there that he's telling Beelzebub is telling um, Hassan is about the Hasnamassian and the so-called humans here that are not quite human on the earth. And Gojive actually quite horrifying to read. Um, he's he's you know he was Gurdjieff talks about shocks waking people up. They need shocks to wake them out of this deep sleep what well, Gurdjieff calls most of us are uh, walking dead, really, is Gurdjieff's quite haunting. And, you know, the Gnostic, uh, anyone reads Gnostic texts, it's quite haunting. Um, you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a slap in the reality of what we've been told, you know, by the church and the Roman Catholics and all their priesthood. And even in yoga, you know, I, I was looking for the Gnostic stuff in yoga. And if you look at, through the yoga texts, it's there, but it's all those sages have hidden it because, as Castaneda said, this is the topic of topics, my friends. It's, uh, it was only reserved for uh, the high initiates that could really kind of handle and, and understand these high things. In shamanism, it's there. It's always been there, but in in the yoga texts, it's really suppressed, so it's this is why in, in uh, the modern age now, you've got a lot of people having an interest in yoga, but a lot of it's very fluffy, and they don't understand that you know um there's a very serious side going on here um People haven't asked why was yoga invented, why was meditation invented you know. Uh, to yeah. t- t- you have to get beyond the meat sack and see. Well, you know, there's, there's the divine numa is in us. The Gnostics are saying it, the yogis are saying it, but we've got interference of other forces that are really keeping us bound. You know. So, no,
3: uh, yeah, you mentioning Castaneda, I was actually reading him this morning, his ideas of the predators coming to get us and taking us over. Of course, and the shamans, yeah. uh, people forget uh, part of yeah. the job of the shaman was to protect the tribe from the evil spirits that could come and possess us and cause a uh, wreck wow. havoc upon a, a culture. So, um, would you say Gurdjieff had yeah. an idea of, uh, of, of evil spirits or ontological spirits, or was he just trying to fix these broken meat machines called humans.
2: <laughs> no, he knew. But, mm. um, you know, even in Gurdjieff, he was careful um, not to speak about a lot of this stuff. But in his book, uh, The Herald of Coming Good, he speaks of a destructive force and he makes up another weird Gurdjieff name called uh Hano or something like that you know it's like t-z-v-a-r-n-o something Hano is like a force that comes in and just completely destroys all the good works that are being done by a group or individuals it'll just come in you know um I think even Osho you know Osho who was a big fan of Gurdjieff he would say that that same force came in and ruined his thing he was doing if in, in Pune in the States, you know. Uh, and you can see, you know, Osho was, Osho, not to divert, but Osho identified as a Gnostic. He, he read, he had one of the biggest libraries ever known by humans. You know, unbelievable, this guy, you know. Um, yeah, and he, he wrote, wrote a really good but book he on same, Gnosticism. But he, he's identified.
3: Yeah, for yeah. sure.
2: So he he knew, you know, but it, yeah, this force came in and bang, put him down. So Gojiev definitely knew, and there's numerous amazing quotes in Ouspensky's In Search of the Miraculous, where you know he's talking about this, and it, it's it, it's always amazed me that no one's honed in on these in quotes and and really looked at them. Um, if I can share one off the top of my head, there's yeah, I can't remember what do. page it is, but he speaks it's He speaks about this. Um, when man is trying to awake, you know, and he makes these efforts to awake, and you know he thinks he's awakening, he can fall back asleep very quickly. Um, now I can testify to this because it happens a lot. Uh, you know, I've been initiated in a particular yoga uh, technique, and um, the more you try. You know, Gurdjieff has said explicitly in this quote that you know, tenfold forces will come down on you, the same forces that uh, had you in sleep in the first place. They come down tenfold, and it it's nefarious how it happens. It, it happens through all sorts of means. You you got no idea. It's just it's full on. It's literally like the weight of the world. And I've experienced that a lot. I can tell you, it's it, it'll it'll come through distractions. It'll come through frustrations. It'll come through uh tss- Something, you know, agitating in your body, whatever, whatever will happen through mind and body to stop you from doing your practices or anything that uh, Gurdjieff called the work, anything that gets you getting higher, it's just going to keep coming, you know, it's um, and in yoga, that energy they call the tamas, the uh, the inertic energy, you know, so there's there's three forces, uh, you know, Gurdjieff spoke about the law of three. And uh, tamas is uh, one of the three gunas that they talk about in yoga. So you have this Satvik, which is the pure higher qualities, which you're trying to get through practice and, and the work. Then you've got rajas, then you've got tamas. And tamas is the heavy energic in psychological language. It's uh, it's depression. You know, it's just heaviness. And that's what it does. These tenfold forces come down, you know. So when I read that about Gojeef, I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's similar to what Castaneda's saying yeah. and also you know, if people want to get a, a clearer idea to help highlight Gurdjieff's uh, work, you can, you've can. you got to read Sri Aurobindo he's the only yogi so far I know that has explicitly wrote a book called uh, The Hidden Forces of Life all through that book he's saying the same things Gurdjieff has hinted at, but hasn't said in, in so many words, you know, but uh that or that book bar window will, will give everyone a good idea
3: mm. Yeah. Wonderful. And of course, please uh, feel free to talk as long as you, there is no time constraint, Travis, whatever you need to make your point. But I guess the question uh, would be, how do you, since we're on the topic, how do you protect yourself for these uh, really uh, powerful gravitational forces that are trying to keep us down? I mean, I guess you would have to practice what the fourth way or are there any, what do you tell people where to start?
2: Um, you know, the, the, the thing about Gurdjieff, um, the main things that I've highlighted, uh, and that hopefully I'll, I will share in, in the book I hope to write it in, the thing about Gurdjieff was the will, the human will. Uh, you know, you got, people can read Uspensky and Bennett and Orage and all these guys, right? But they don't give a clear picture. What, what Gurdjieff was about was strengthening the human will. Because as he says, people are machines. People cannot do. Uh, You know, um, the chief source of evil, which I guess you could tie into the Eastern notion of karma, but the chief notion of evil for Gurdjieff was these, what he called unconscious, involuntary manifestations. Now, that ties into a whole heap of things here. It ties into the hermetic, which is the cosmic rule through all the elementals, through mind and body, because we're, we're made of that, you know. It's about strengthening the will. All, all aesthetic, uh, aesthetic uh, practices is about strengthening the will. Um, of course, you know, Gurdjieff spoke about the fourth way is very old um, as kind of an integration, but something that was uh, more advanced than just the way of the yogi or just the way of the monk or just the way of the fakir. You now, all, all these three are trying to strengthen the will in different ways. So Goethe's trying to do an integration of all those three. And so it's, it's about the will. I think there's another quote in uh, Ospensky's book that, you know, the evolution of man's consciousness is the evolution of our will. Um, and just an interesting side note, um, I spent a fair bit of time studying German philosophy and German romanticism, which is also underpinned with a lot of uh, Neoplatonic Gnostic influence, which is fascinating, from Schopenhauer to Schelling to all those guys knew about this stuff and the central thing there i found in the german esoteric tradition was the will and they associated the human will something with our spirit you know there's a there's a very close interconnection there with the the inner numa and the will and um just another mention here because uh robert assagioli if anyone's heard of this guy was a transpersonal a psychiatrist he was i believe influenced by gurdjieff and He's wrote a great thing anyone can find online on a PDF called Training of the Will. And you'll see a lot of Gurdjieff come through in that. It's an amazing thing. You should read it all the time. You can live, use it as a, as a manual. Um, and Asajj Ali, again, helps highlight Gurdjieff in everyday life. The practice of Gurdjieff is in everyday life. And you'll notice that the more you're trying to become uh, you know, self-observing and um, strengthening your attention... Uh, which is what Gurdjieff said. He said, trying to do self-observation will drive you mad and you realize that you actually can't do it. The idea is to strengthen the, the will of attention because and especially in this day and age, poor Gurdjieff would be horrified because the attention span of people is, you know, I don't know, like a toad, you know. <laughs> it's just not there. Um, and, and people are just lost, in, 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 especially in the technological age, and people are just lost, you know, and the attention is not there. Um, you know, one-pointedness, being present in the moment. So that's kind of my Gurdjieff trinity, the, uh, the attention, the will, and also presence.
3: Interesting. And uh, yeah, I guess... Can, uh, another quote? Yeah, please do. Please do. Sorry.
2: Just quickly. Yeah. There's an yeah, there's yeah, amazing no there's amazing quote you can find online. You know, as Gurdjieff talks about the majority of people um, you meet on the street are dead. They're actually dead. <laughs> it's haunting, you know, then you got to think, well, what does he mean by dead? But you go out anywhere, go to a shopping mall, go somewhere and people are so mechanical. Uh, they're mechanical in their, in their uh, body, in their body language, in, in their language, in, uh, you just meet with them on the street and it's like, you know, you're looking for something authentic to come out of the person. And a lot of times it's not there. Uh, a lot of times they're not really present with you when you meet. Gurje've had a huge presence. A lot of people have spoken about that, a huge presence. You felt it. Uh, but he was really there. In whoever he engaged with, he engaged with a lot of different people. You know, a lot of people, walks of life. You know, he used to dish out soup to the poor, they used to line up all the time at some house, you know, he did a lot of things, kind of like the whole Jesus thing, um, he had that there, and presence is a big thing, so there's a little formula I created is, you know, that there's like a, a bit of a cycle of the attention, the, your will, and our uh, presence, and they all kind of create a little bit of an you know, alchemical formula there, but for me, that's the crux of Gurdjieff's psychology. And that's how I came into Gurdjieff. And he's, for me, coming from a transpersonal psychology background, Gurdjieff's like the ultimate transpersonal therapist, counselor. He basically said, like Buddha said, we're all on a spectrum of uh, being mentally ill, (laughs) the human race. Buddha said that, and people, you know, you've got to dig up the text to find that, but the Buddha spoke about the, our mind having defilements, you know, and Gurdjieff's saying the same thing. In Beelzebub, uh, speaking as Beelzebub to Hassan, he's – I think there's a chapter about, um, you know, he calls human beings your favorites, your three-brained favorites, creation, but also the psychopathology of your favorites, you know. I mean, he's gone – beyond Freud and all these kind of guys. So we have to ask, what's what's made us such deranged animals? You know, what's made? Gurdjieff knew, the Gnostics knew, you know, or any 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 school that's come from that Alexandria, Egypt, which is basically, you know, uh, Hermeticism, Gnosticism, or Neoplatonism, all rubbing shoulders together. Um, that's definitely Gurdjieff's hub. That's where he's come from. And... And he's learned the same insights that all those sages and initiates have learned. And he was a high initiate, Gurdjieff, from what I've understood. He was very high
3: hmm well said and agreed yes uh, the insight is that the machinery has been created to keep us asleep to bring us down and make us slaves of some sort of system some sort of managerial class and the solution is spiritual so yeah and it's interesting some i'm reading some of the comments there travis and it seems uh, maybe vance agrees it's split between people who really like gurjiv and people who don't like him so much. do yeah, so I he think He's a, chiester, <laughs> a chiseler. So maybe Travis will have to deal with those or have on his question. But before that, i like somebody said, uh, is there an app for willpower? But w- that's a question probably a lot of people still misunderstand is what is will, Travis? It's not the same yeah. number, it's willpower. It's something different. Maybe tell the audience so we can it's clear. It's a
2: mystery, man. It's a, the, will, the will has been very enigmatic um, principle in in, in in humanity and it took me a lot of uh, study and but you know the german the German guys really helped um, highlight uh, highlight that for me because they were really focused on that and if you look at the um, uh, you know i 've spent time in academia it was very frustrating because in academia you know mysticism and esotericism is snuffed out you know so you don 't have the old school way of the platonic uh, mystery schools that Plato set up, that, that um, uh, Plotinus set up. All these amazing guys. It's totally different now. It's a totally rubbish academia. You know they've snuffed it out. But you've got the English school of philosophy that came through, and right, basically materialists, right? Um, Hume and and all those guys. And and then you had on the other side the Germans, who were actually the spiritual current of Western philosophy. And the main thing uh, going through the Germans was obviously the unconscious, which is where Jung and Freud took all their stuff from. But the will, the idea of the will was there. It's highlighted in um, Heidegger, who, you know, as we know, Hans Jonas, um, in the last epilogue of his book, The Gnostic Religion. Amazing. Yeah, who, a great book. There's, there's definitely links there, um, you know, existentialism, Gnosticism. It's there, but Heidegger, in one of his books, highlights that all through that tradition, the will is there from, you know, the the mystic Yucat Bombay actually influenced a lot of them. Uh, Hegel, um, Schopenhauer, it's obviously there, Big and Schopenhauer, Uh, Frederick Schelling, who wrote a book, Ages of the World, which is his Gnostic period. Uh, you've got it in Nietzsche, obviously, the will to power, which obviously got really uh, deformed and mis- misinterpreted by the world. Um, in in a nutshell, you can say that Gurdjieff's ideas are similar to Nietzsche's in the will to power. Um, I've read that the will to power is, is the will to bring about the good over, you know, it wasn't about the any Hitler kind of weird stuff that people have tried to paint on Nietzsche. It was really about the will, and Nietzsche's taking this from the German. And tradition, you know, but like I said it's, it's, it's associated with our inner, the inner divinity um, getting back to Robert Asagioli people can check this out, he had an amazing um, conceptualization of the self, okay that it was a cross between awareness and the will and I really studied that and then I looked at it I thought, you know, he's really bang on there because even in the Eastern tradition, the ideas of the self, um, you've got Shiva and Shakti now, Shiva is the ultimate awareness, and you've got Shakti, which is like the energy and making stuff manifest, and that's the will, right? You've got Shiva, Shakti, so Sagioli, being a very vast reader, you've got awareness and the will, and if you study humans and human nature and I can vouch myself, you've got people that are very spiritually orientated and some that are less. You'll notice that people who are spiritually orientated, they've got a high awareness, but their will is not strong. And I'm, I'm one of them. You know, I can be pulled away by a lot of distraction. I don't have strong willpower. You've got the general Hasnamassian people, as uh, you know, Gurdjieff would say. They've got strong will. You've got the everyday nine to five workers. You've got people who just... They're mechanical and they're asleep, but they've got actually a strong will. You know, it's hard to see this. People get stuff done. Uh, you know, they can they can do things. They can do things they want, no matter how trivial it is. You know, they've got a strong will to do. A lot of other the spiritually inclined people don't have a strong will. So you'll see why people like myself get into spirituality, get into yoga we 're doing that to strengthen our will we 've got a pretty good awareness which can still grow and get stronger and deeper you know to we've liberated or enlightenment and all this stuff. but uh, the willpower is not there, and you, you simply see it on the street, so we 've got an imbalance there of the self of awareness and willpower, and like Gurjeev said, there's absolutely no willpower in people they, you're pulled from post to pillar like you 're you're in an ocean and. and You've just got no resilience there, and the will, absolutely, no doubt. So you can enjoy all the esoteric uh, hoorah of from that, you know. But at the end of the day, he's a very practical guy. He had powers, okay. Uh, I'm rambling, but I think it's Fritz Peters where there's a there's a story about being in the kitchen. I think it was him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was very ill. He had big, um, he had a headache and all this stuff. And Gurdjieff was there, and Gurdjieff said, "Drink a strong." cup of coffee and then this guy explained that he felt like this all of a sudden his his illness and stuff going away but then Gurdjieff looked like he was getting very crook so what Gurdjieff has done is what any really high advanced initiate or yogi can do is he can take take that energy or transform a Shakti energy into his disciple he can absorb it into him because he's got the capacity to do it Gurdjieff went into another room for about 15 minutes laid down came back Good as gold, jovial as ever. And I was like, wow, that's an amazing story. And nobody talks about that, you know? Nobody talks about it. Amazing.
3: amazing well that's yeah I love it uh, thanks for the clarification on the will especially when you count it with uh, Shiv and Shatky Shatky yep. hope I'm saying that right well now on, it looks like the, the chat room is a very animated good to see some <laughs> of the regulars John Barker Nate the Occult fan all the other guys, thanks for being here again. We have Travis Edwards discussing the Gnostic Gurdjieff here on AM Byte Live. So now we want to hand it over to Vance. Do you have a question or you want to, uh, does the audience have some questions for Travis, whether you maybe one pro, one negative, and we'll go from there. Take it away, Vance.
1: Yeah, yes, yes to all of that. Um, um Here's an interesting one. When in the first chat asked, uh, "Didn't Gurdjieff think his attempts to train people in his ways, the fourth way, uh, failed?"
2: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> when Gurdjieff was on his deathbed, he basically said, "I've left you all in a very fine mess." <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's. Easy, I'm not sure. You know what the listener might be alluding to, whether it's sort of you know the, the charlatan accusations on Gurdjieff at all. You know, I wrestled with that for a while too. But um, the fourth way is very hard to understand. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's it's a very ancient, it's a very ancient practice which has has gone back to Alexandria, which you know it's really lost to us. So Goethe's, you know, he's he. Yeah, he was like a perennial perennialist, you know, he, he, there's so many streams come through in Gurdjieff, you know, Buddhism, shamanism, you know, everything, you know, most traditions come through. So it's, it's hard to get a grasp of what the fourth way is, you know, and um, I think only the really close people to Gurdjieff understood it because initially it was only like a lot of esoteric traditions. It was only handled down orally. Okay. So, the yoga I've been initiated into, you won't find the methods in books and stuff. I'm sorry. And I myself am sworn to secrecy. It's you know, And in the mystery schools, this was taken very serious. So everything was handed down orally. It was only through um, some other change of events that it had to be, things had to be written down. And, and sort of Gurdjieff did know this as well. And he he left his works to um, uh, Jean de Salesman, okay, the, the French woman, to, to put into writing. She was the main one. If anyone wants to get a clearer idea, you have to – Spensky and all that aren't going to give it to you, to be honest. It's the women. You've got to read the Margaret Anderson book, which is called um, uh, the, the Unknown Gurdjieff, I think it's called. Um, that's an amazing book. Um, Gian De Salzman encouraged Margaret to write the book. because She said, "I can't write a book on Gurdjieff. It's, you know, how insane for me to 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 think I can do that." And Gian uh, encouraged her to do it. And if you read that book, it's amazing. It doesn't have all the other stuff that Uspinski and stuff are thrown in there. You get a real essence of Gurdjieff through Margaret Anderson's book. It's there. You know, it's amazing. Gurdjieff worked with these women in you know directly in the Ladies of the Ropes. So. Something comes through there. You can get a real essence of the of the work there. But I say to people, uh, you know, you can read about the fourth way till the cows come home. It's not going to do it. It's like anything. You have to experience it. So if you have it in your mindset that this is what you like and you want to apply it, and it, it, it's definitely applicable to today. Eventually, you'll see in everyday life that it's going to come out and you're going to start realizing, oh, okay, this is what's happening now. I've got to turn on my work mind instead of my, you know, get out of the neurotic mind, turn on work mind. And in everyday life, the Gurdjieff work is there for you 24-7 because, you know, the forces that want to keep man asleep, they don't take any time off. So, you know, if you, if you want to have the work brain, you got to work 24-7. You got to. Go Did he to- say...
1: Yeah, did he say it was his, uh, that his way was the only way, or uh, where did did he say where he got his, you know, knowledge of the fourth way from? Did anybody, you know, no connections or?
2: I don't. I don't. No, I don't believe that he said that my way is the only way at all because that's that's nonsense. You know, there's many ways to to become awake or enlightened. As you know, it's some people have had just spontaneous openings, which is very rare. No, the Gurdjieff's way is is from the initiates. So, like Margaret Anderson said, we're going back to Egypt. Gurdjieff always referred to Egypt. Now, um, esoterically, also, you know, in in texts, Egypt used to refer to the earth, not so much Egypt, the country, but the earth and the body. Everything's, we're in this meat sack, but uh, it's only in this meat sack that we can get to the pneuma, you know. So that's why in Buddhism and Hinduism, you know, having a human birth, is always prized, etc. But, you know, there's a quote by Gurdjieff saying that the men, the men or the beings, the men or the beings who sent him. Uh Aha. Far greater than what he is, you know. Uh Aha. Somebody sent him. He's like
1: an alien agent.
2: (laughs) Yeah, man. He was, he was a, he was an agent for the good, you know, now, you know, I'm still unpacking Bowser Bob's tales, but that is a Gnostic Bible for us. Absolutely, you've got to buy it, and but you will, you will, you might go mad. You will get very frustrated. Um, there's a lot of hard language. Gurdjieff wasn't great um, um, at writing. He could great, so. He would relay Beelzebub's tales. And he, now Gurdjieff being as amazing as he was, nearly did his own head in, rewriting Beelzebub over and over because he didn't want it to be easy. You know, he called it burying the bone. You know, you have to dig, 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 (laughs) dig, dig, dig. dig. He was a bit of a bugger like that. But he said that it's called the, you know, the all and everything series. And he said, everything we need to know is in Beelzebub's tales, but you're going to have to work your ass off. You're going to have to read this book consciously, okay, and not thinking about what I'm having for dinner or my girlfriend or any other bullshit like that. You have to be one pointed reading Beelzebub, and you have to use like a, an intuitive reading to tap in because everything you want to know is there. Now, he's using secret aliases in that book, like uh, Ashiata, Shiamash, and all these crazy names. Um, I don't know who that is yet. I'm still unpacking it, but he's he's referring to beings that have come. Some people have said it might have been Hermes, you know, tries me guess. Um, but you know it's a Gnostic tale. He's he's got divine messages coming through, trying to wake us up from the um, the human, the, the earthly parasites, he's calling them, which are the Husnamussian individuals that have created pseudoscience, pseudo-education, you know. So we come through each incarnation cycle from the fresh seed. We are like a blank slate, but we come through with a stronger potential. So Gurdjieff is also, you can say in a nutshell, the first teacher of human potential, because every time, human potential keeps getting crushed by the sleep of this world, you know. Those divine messengers he speaks about in Beelzebub are coming through. He's got Muhammad, he's got Buddha, he's got other people in there. You know, this is an amazing Gnostic tale. But the Hasnamassians, these are human parasites. Um, they've got very little soul essence, as Gurdjieff would say. He'd always... An interesting thing here, um, guys, is that he spoke about essence and being very much in the same way as the Neoplatonists. The language is very... The, you know, very similar to Plotinus and very similar to Proclus, one of my favorites, actually. And if you read any of the Neoplatonic texts, the the depiction of the soul by Plotinus is the best that I've ever read. You know, it's the most uh, legible to the Western mind. And Gurdjieff uses essence in the same thing. So he uses essence and personality, Gurdjieff, and basically he's saying personality is socially constructed by this the Haslamassian education and just pseudo-rot that we fed from day one and by these people, these soulless people, you've got, you know, you're trying to hang on to essence, what's original to you. So you've got essence and personality. And you'll see, in, uh, I think yeah, Uspensky's In Search of the Miraculous, That's that features quite a bit in some of the chapters, you know. But Gurdjieff wanted to crush all the falseness or the egotism of you or all, all the human vanity, everything that's given to you, you know, and some people didn't respond very well to that in the groups, you know. They, especially because he was big on group work, that used to bring out the beast. As Plotinus text talks explicitly about the human body being the beast, you know, this beast that we, we need to attend to. Gurdjieff was the same. Um, I think he's got another analogy about you know the remarkable remarkable man is the man who can balance the sheep and the wolf within, you know. Um, there's another tale about the sheep, the wolf, and the cabbage. But basically, we've got these double natures that we have to balance. Um, and there's 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 a quote I found from Plotinus in the Enneads which says the same thing that as 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 souls we were pure spirit from the the pleroma you would say. And, but Gurdjie, uh, Plotinus says the same thing as Castaneda, that another being came through and overlaid itself on us. He says that in the end. In, in really? The
3: wow. I was like, wow. Mr. Plotinus, non-dualist.
2: <laughs> Plotinus. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Blown away. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Yep. Now, if I can get the reference right, its I think it's in... in um, and he adds, uh, I think, part six, and it's like, you know, he has sections, I think section 14 or something, you know. If people want it, I can find it for them. Yeah, just send, send away it away email down it down to me you know, later
3: found- on. Email it to me later on uh, and share that Plotinus had his own demiurge.
2: Uh, look, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the,
3: Yaldi-baldi. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, the the, um, the Neoplatonists, um, they knew all about that, you know. But I think... The, my 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 favorite is Proclus because he's one of the ones that really honed in on evil and what it is. Um, and getting back to Gergiev and, and essence, you know the whole the whole thing Gergiev pointing out is that um, deadened people have really lost touch of the essence, um, which yeah, you can equate with soul. Okay, now Proclus speaks speaks about evil as um, very similar to the Gnostics, parasitic. Existence, parasitical existence, okay? But he speaks of two types, of the body and of the mind, of the psyche. And he says the psyche is the worst because what it does is perpetuates evil in the soul continuously. You'll keep keep degrading yourself. It's the worst kind to allow to happen, you know. And that'll just eat away at essence and you just become – you lose the light in yourself and you're just a a dead walking biological machine. So – you know, Miguel
1: do we have uh, time for another question I um,
3: and then keep, it, keep the questions coming I, I know the audience is very passionate about this so I'll just stand back yeah. and let you take
1: over <laughs> yeah we got a question about Jung uh, what do you know about Jung's opinion of Gurdjieff Carl Jung oh,
2: fascinating yeah fascinating great question actually um, not sure how many people know but um, there was a guy called Maurice Nicoll, okay who wrote some very amazing um, psychologies. You can, I think the book's in the three-part series. Uh, commentaries on Gurdjieff and Ospinsky's psychology. Maurice Nicol was a British man who was uh, uh, um, a student of Jung. He was with Jung. Um, but interesting enough, he ditched Jung and went to Gurdjieff and went and worked with Gurdjieff in Paris and stayed with him, which is fascinating. Uh, there is some um, speculation that Jung and Gurdjieff temporarily met. Uh, I can't find anything to really vouch for that. But um, you know, Jung, Jung definitely met up with you know a lot of people that were renowned, so to speak. Um, so I'm not whether they actually met or not, but you know, yeah, Maurice Nickel was with Jung and but yeah, kind of ditched that and went to Gurdjieff and stayed with Gurdjieff and was enthralled with everything Gurdjieff did and wrote these really Yeah, they, they are quite useful commentaries on, on Gurdjieff's um psychology.
1: You know, um um uh one of our um one of our um, uh viewers here uh, uh let's see who is this uh, Oswald Spengler uh, had a quote in the chat saying, uh, basically that Jung, uh, couldn't be bothered with Gurdjieff's, um, uh, teachings and, uh, you know, and he recommended, you may as well do this, this or this. I, I'm not going to read the quote in its entirety here, but have you heard of that, that, that Jung dismissed Gurdjieff?
2: No, I haven't heard that. Um, look, you know, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me, uh, to be honest. Um, uh, Jung had his own thing going on. Um, my critique of Jung, actually, um, you know, I studied Jung in my transpersonal studies. Um, there's not much usefulness of Jung, actually, in this day and age. um just diluted and made into really fluffy psychologies, you know, (laughs) the shadow and the unconscious and all this stuff, you know, and um, all the, all the little, um, you know, reductionist archetypes, which is nonsense, you know, Um, it's really limited. You can't apply much of Jung's um, psychology to everyday stuff like you can with Gurdjieff. And, the thing with Jung, you know, he's, he's a little bit of a, a cheeky bum. You know, he used a lot of stuff from Neoplatonism. Obviously, he was interested in the Gnostics, but you know, he he didn't he, he didn't have access. Um, you know, he didn't do a great work like Hans Jonas did. Uh, you know, he he stole a lot of stuff from William Blake. He he was sort of pinching stuff. So if, you know, people can sort of if, if people are like Jungians, you know. And um, you know, rich Jungians uh, and want to sort of dismiss Gurdjieff. if it's a bit it's a bit nonsense because you know, you know was sort of bringing a very um, legitimate esoteric stuff through. Um, Jung didn't have that background. He just read books and was interested in alchemy and um, pinched the unconscious stuff from the Germans, from uh, Schelling, from Jakob Böhme, William Blake, all these guys. So. You know, you you, you just can't apply Jung to everyday life. I mean, the shadow is so, you know, what what do you mean in the shadow? (laughs) You read something like Plotinus, you think, oh, okay, it's before Jung, you know? So it's like, we've we've got to get back to the roots, you know? Jung Jung was studying all these guys, he was reading these guys, and then he tried to pinch it all and paint it as his own stuff. But Gurdjieff didn't do that.
1: So he's not an initiate, in other words, he wasn't a primary source is what you're saying? No. Yeah, he was more academic and maybe he grew on some of his own inner spiritual experiences, though, if you can believe the Red Book.
2: Look, the most fascinating thing about Jung is the Red Book um, and uh, the Dead. But that's that's Jung's own trip, you know, that's his own... Journey and unfolding. It it doesn't do us any kind of service to to read that and, and try think that we're going to get some kind of experience out of what he experienced. Because you want, I mean, he
1: wasn't trying to teach anybody from it for sure, right? Because he no, did it.
2: No no, 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 it's definitely his thing, and he definitely said, you know, um, you've got to go find your own dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got <laughs> a Crowley go question too.
2: That I've met. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Crowley.
1: Crowley. What about Crowley and Gurdjieff? How's that working?
2: It wasn't working. <laughs> 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 um, I heard that Gurdjieff really disliked Crowley and thought he was a despicable man. Actually, <laughs> um, you know, look, that's a that's a whole different thing. You know, um, actually, if someone wants to read anything about this, there's, there's a guy called um, – oh, God, what's his name? Um, Peter – is it – I always get his name mixed up. Peter or Phil. Um, I'll send it to Miguel, but he re- re- you can Google this. The book's called um, Three Dangerous Margai, okay? And this Phil – I think it's Phil. starts with M. I don't know. But he, he's right. It's a big, very big book. It's about a 1,000 pages of Gurdjieff. Um, Osho and Crowley
1: whoa, what a treat. That's good yeah, it's a good set huh
2: And it's, it's cool man i I wanted that book for ages and I bought it um it's a very big book, but you know he he goes through you know what made them controversial and um I think some comparisons between the three men. Um, obviously, like I said, Osho was a big fan of Gurdjieff and was using um, Gurdjieff's practices in his, uh, you know, in his ashrams and stuff. Um, you know, Crowley's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, you know, I'm on the fence with Crowley. He was definitely uh, influenced by the Gnostics, but he was really pushing the boundaries there of what he was practicing. So, white magic, black magic, you know. The darkest man in england he was definitely playing on that i like mm-hmm. a lot of that about crowley but um you know he's a different guy from gurdjieff um that's not to say that gurdjieff was a complete puritan either because he wasn't um that's for sure uh, well the
1: methods were different too right gurdjieff wasn't uh, into all the magic sorry. symbology and hocus pocus and dramatic things uh except that to shock his followers yeah. i suppose yeah Shaka's followers into being awake. We yeah, got so people, many questions. You
2: got a shock. Yep, that's. Right, I'm,
1: let's let's I'm, have another one. Yeah, um, here. Uh, let's flip to the practical. Um, Chad Warren wants to hear. Uh, he had a couple of questions. Uh, he wants to hear from you about things that you have on from Gurdjieff's teachings that have helped you, like a specific example of a goal that you've set and achieved it with, you know, the fourth way or, you know, or something we can test in daily life, you know, something like that.
3: You're frozen in time, Travis.
1: Yeah, he's thinking.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully he'll jump back. Yeah, just when we get to the, uh, the exciting question, uh, what's Let's the secret? Let's see if his secret? willpower
1: can break the network open again. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, come back to us. Turn come your back, video Travis.
3: off. Yeah, yeah. We might have to tell him to turn his video off because now we're getting yeah. to, the, to the real practical stuff.
1: Or tell the guy next door to stop watching his streaming video.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get off Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just watching his Travis—he's got the—he's got the wife beater and the water bottle. I'm like, oh, you in know, Australia? You're enjoying the middle of summer where I'm, yeah, freezing my ass off of over here.
1: Hey, Miguel, did you ever while we're waiting for Trap to come back? um Oh, that's here he is.
3: There you go. He's returned.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're gone for a while. Yeah. Did you like that? That was my vanishing act.
3: <laughs> we <laughs> thought you'd been kidnapped by some youngins who were mad at you. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> you right. <checked> your house. <laughs> no,
2: we asked you be... for
1: a practical example of Fourth yeah, Way, yeah. and you used your willpower to dissolve the <laughs> network.
2: <right? Ooh. laughs>
1: so, what was the answer to that? Well, what, what What can you give uh, Chad here yeah. that will show him how you use uh, the Gurdjieff's teachings?
2: It's about... Yeah, it's definitely
0: about the will. Um you know, I th- think as
2: I come through I share this I share this quote with Miguel um a little while ago about um a quote that I've remembered uh off the top of my head. Um the the sort of people that are doing the work, um you know, you've got you've got goodwill and ill will. So something seems to happen very strange between people. Um How does the quote go? Um, Gurdjieff saying, uh, you know, sort of invokes in himself, um, you know, a strength of of goodwill and and whatnot. It's going to ignite in other people uh, a proportionate degree of ill will. And that sort of ties in Hall again to the Hermetic Armour. Or, you know, the the old notion of the Demiurge was working through the people, in the Greek translation. You know? so, so with your friends or family members or anything that, you know, it's going to, it's going to want to test you. And that also ties into um, the notion of turning the other cheek. That's what the, that turning other cheek is really about. So it's, you know, Gurdjieff is saying, you know, a remarkable man is a man who can control not only the unpleasant manifestations that want to come out of himself, but also that are coming out of other people and where you won't be reactionary. So, the strong, the, the biggest thing I've learned there is to strengthen your response to that you've got an awareness that this is what it is. You're, you know, you're going to be, be tested by those unpleasant manifestations, but also not react to those coming to you from another person. That's the biggest thing. That's all, all probably the crux of Guruji um teaching too because he was not so much about suppressing negative emotions but um, definitely not about displaying them you know you don't want to suppress them but you want to be able to become the master of that you know
1: that reminds me of something i was going to ask you about um i'm sure you've heard of the analogy of the driver and the coach and the horses was that yes. one a, a big maybe you could tell us about that that's and i'm thinking of that because of the will that was his metaphor on the, how the will works. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So that was an analogy Gurdjieff used, wasn't it? Yes. You used that story. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember it fully off the top of my head, but, um, are basically saying that there's, there's, there's no real eye there. There's no driver. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> there's no driver there. So there's something being driven, you know, um, there's mechanisms being driven, but there's actually no driver there. There's no real eye now. Just another interesting thing to tie in with that is 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 Gurdjieff, the psychology there. (laughs) It's got a great. There's a real eye, and we've got this whole legion of eyes. We're changing every moment. You know, one one eye is this, one eye is that. You know, we desire something. Man is changing every ten minutes. Basically, he's saying, you know, so there's no real permanent. There's no solid driver there in, in the car kind of thing you know, for me in studying Gurdjieff's work, that real driver is tied in with the will. And really trained to be strong-willed and resilient, like I said, not respond to certain things and whatnot. You, you're going to have a um, a real eye that's, if you, if you recall, he used the word crystallized a lot. Uh, In Beelzebub's tales, It's he uses it a lot, you know, crystallized in their beings and, you know, the mysterious organ kunder buffer that was been, you know, detrimental to to us since. But um, you've got to crystallize that real eye within yourself, which is will. It's the will. It starts with your attention, training the attention and getting that will crystallized inside that's that's the real eye that's that's what's there and then when you've got that crystallized then you've got uh you're more awake you're not dead you're more present you actually got presence there you know that's how i see it
1: then the driver gets out of the coach and on top of the top of the coach starts taking the reins and like starts <laughs> looking around maybe that <laughs> he or did he go that far or or doomed
2: yes well that's the thing you, you can be the one that's not sort of um, pulled, you know, from post to pillar by all the different influences. And, uh, you know, you spoke a lot about the influence. Uh, we've got water and those basic things, but there is the, 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 the non-physical, the impressions that are coming through the senses, that are coming through all the elementals you know, which is coming through Hamar mine. Now, Gurdjieff's a, a great example of this kind of guy because in, in the Gnostic language, what, philo- what what a philosopher was, was the pneumatic. Hans Jonas um, makes a great, you know, his Gnostic book that the Gnostic called, a, a philosopher in, in the Gnostic era was a pneumatic person, same as the Neoplatonists, which means that they weren't, swayed either way by misfortune or fortune or gifts from Zeus. You know, they weren't getting suckered into any gifts from Zeus. They were very stoic, staying centered. They weren't pulled either way by Hamamon. You know, they didn't care like misfortune, joy, sorrow. They stay the same. And that's the nomadic, the nomadic man. You know, he was above the Hamamon, as Jonah says. Okay. He's hovering about here. The general people are down here and they're pulled post the pillar by Hamama and Daily twenty four seven. The pneumatic man, the Gnostic man, he's sitting above that. He's non reactionary. Okay. He's got control of the of the impressions, the manifestations that are floating around him. He's not biting. He's not biting. He's staying resolute in the will and navigating. Uh, Lao Tzu talks about this in the Tao Te Ching you know it's all there in the Eastern stuff as well it all comes back to Habama and you know um, forces through the body and the mind it's it's it's, it's quite a big um, concept actually I hope that oh, great.
1: yeah yeah that's that's good we, uh, we have a lot of interest here in the chat room and um, uh, that, that pretty much takes care of most of the questions there's a lot of stuff going in there Miguel what are you uh, thinking right cool. now
3: what am I thinking? I was talking about the the driver in the car. I was thinking of the Pointer Sisters and that song. <laughs> I'm driving. I don't. You know me. Don't let me sit there alone thinking because the dumbest things look. And yeah, Robin Williams made fun of it in one of his specials. Ha ha, ha. I'm driving. <laughs> Never mind. But um. Uh, yeah Hermione her oh, awesome. you're talking about fate too right the the dark power yes. of fate that controls yes. us that's what the, the one thing that uh, the Greeks the Romans and even the gods feared was fate and of yeah. course in the, the Gnostic Gospels uh, in the secret book of John Yaldabaoth creates fate but he mm. creates her as more powerful than him that's his anger against humanity he's so pissed off at humanity and at Sophia that he's like I'm going to make a bigger, or bad, or, you know, person <laughs> than I am, and that'll show you. So it's interesting how this concept of fate uh, is, and actually, yes, that, I
2: um, did. idea of karma?
3: You know? Yeah, oh, yeah, in India, I remember, was it, uh, I
2: got a big one person in
3: India yeah. said, uh, I'm not afraid of death, but I'm afraid of karma. Same thing, right, yeah. Travis?
2: Yeah, same thing. It's, it's you know, the, the hermetics, Neoplatonists who were using fate, um, yeah yeah what do you do you know it's um
3: and there you have it my beloved true seekers the first part of our interview with travis edwards we continued to some strange but enlightening places in our second part with continued intriguing questions from the audience As a bonus for patrons and AB Prime members, as I mentioned in the intro and beyond the full interview, I'll include an old show on Gurdjieff, a group discussion between Andrew Phillips Smith and Anthony Peake, great compliment to our interview with Travis. Including the audio version This is a cool listen If you leverage the private RSS feed From AB Prime or Patreon That works in the podcast provider of your choice So please become a member of Patreon And support this Red Bill Gaveteria. Go to The God Above God Dead Camp For means to assist And get the infernal rewards Or just contact me I can't do it without you. And as I always say, if you've got holes in your pockets due to the monkey shines of Archons, just message me and I'll give you any show on the house. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self. Hello and goodbye as always.